This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Happy New Year, Raider Nation. Welcome back to the first edition of Silver and Black Today of 2024. That's right. Hope you had a great uh, New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's Day. Filled with lots of football. Obviously, the bowl games went on. Raiders, of course, lost on New Year's Eve 23-20 to the Indianapolis Colts, ending their playoff chances for yet another season. So, apologize for that, but that's just how it goes. Uh, Welcome back. We are an Odyssey Sports original podcast. You... uh, you got to do us a favor. You got to just go subscribe wherever you can get your audio. Look for Silver and Black today. Hit the subscription button. Put on the auto download. That helps us out significantly. If you're watching us on YouTube, hello and thank you for joining us in the new year. Hit that subscribe and notifications bell. Both. It is myself, Scott Colbranson, along with my partner, Mo Moten. Mo is the senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report covering the entire league. He also specifically writes about the Raiders for SportsNot.com, where he is also a columnist. You can also catch my work up there and make sure you follow Mo on X.com at Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully and the show is SNB today. Okay, Mo, uh, here we are. Raiders officially eliminated on Sunday, a game. And, and this is what we've seen under Antonio Pierce, right? Which is is somewhat, and we'll get deep into this, but look, we talked about it last week when the Raiders beat the Chiefs on Christmas Day, and that was awesome, great, huge boost for Antonio Pierce's campaign to become the permanent full-time head coach of the Raiders when that does happen and the process unfolds. But we talked about consistency. Raiders go out on New Year's Eve and come out flat. Offense can't do anything yet again. Of course, they do catch fire towards the end of the game, which was nice to see. The kid Aiden O'Connell do well there towards the end. A little bit too little too late. And even on defense, listen, you knew the defense wasn't going to be able to sustain the level of play. They couldn't carry this team every single game. And sure enough, they just did enough to keep them in the game, but could not win the game for them. There was no big plays. There was no pick sixes. There was none of that jazz. 
and the Raiders end up losing this one. Give me your first impressions seeing this team come out uh, in what was a playoff game for them, basically. They had to win to keep their playoff hopes alive, and it just didn't go how anybody wanted it to go. This is uncharacteristic. That performance is uncharacteristic of the Raiders under Antonio Pierce. What did we see? We saw penalties. Uh, Max Crosby had to give the defense a pep talk early in the game. I don't know if it showed it on everyone's broadcast, but Max Crosby gathered around his teammates and was kind of just you know, getting their heads into the game. So, in my opinion, they came out flat, which is not something you see out of an Antonio Pierce coach team, but I guess that's what happens when you play back-to-back games on East Coast time zone on a short week. And that's what a lot of people feared about the Raiders is that after an emotional win over the Chiefs, that you would have a come down of the of that emotional energy. And I think Vic Tafer uh, posted this on the X and he said, you can't win but so many games off of emotion. Eventually that emotion wears off and you just got to play football and the X's and O's matter, the adjustments matter. And the Raiders, as you said, started out slow. They've dug themselves a 14-3 hole. Uh, now, this is not a come-from-behind offense. This is not an offense that you want to have to pull your, pull you out of a, a two-score deficit. And that's what the Raiders found themselves in. And as you said, too little, too late. Offense found some rhythm midway through the third quarter. I believe that was the midway through the third quarter is when the Raiders scored their first touchdown. But by then, again, they were chasing points. And it just, again, too little, too late. Yeah, too little, too late. And, and I think that that's one of the things that that I want to talk about. Because, listen, I've said it all along. And, and, and we've seen the discussion uh, both online and offline that we've had with folks about Antonio Pierce and this team under Antonio Pierce. Um, boy, I've ri- I went back. I didn't realize I've written three pieces on sportsnot.com talking about what a great job Antonio Pierce has done. But then when we bring up this consistency issue and we bring up to your point about them being uncharacteristically sloppy in Indianapolis, uh, you know, you get this. Well, you just don't like Pierce. You're going to, you know, you're going to be negative now. No, it's not. It's not about liking people. It's about just talking about what happened, right? Talking about the fact. And listen, Antonio Pierce, Mo, he can't fix what's wrong with the offense. And we're going to get into this in the second segment completely because you don't have the quarterback you need to run your team, number one. And that's not a slight on Aiden O'Connell. That just is what it is. Aiden O'Connell is doing his best and he lacks some of the playmaking ability. I have a piece up on sports not talking about this. He lacks the playmaking ability and and what you dubbed and now what has become lexicon, and I'm using it as well, functional mobility, baby. <laughs> right? He doesn't have mobility. it. Mobility. But but when you look at Pierce, he's he's the head guy. So he's in charge when they win and when they lose. You can't you can't when they win and the defense is dominant like they were in Kansas City, give Antonio Pierce all the credit. And then when they lose and their offense is terrible, and it's been terrible two weeks in a row, frankly. You can't just say, well, that's all Bo Hardigree and Aiden O'Connell. It is, yes, and that is part of the issue, but that all goes together. But, Mo, he can't fix the offense. There's nothing you can do. On defense, you have dogs, you have players, you've made progress. But on the offense, when it comes to a play caller, he doesn't have an experienced play caller. He doesn't have all his players. His offensive line, uh, again, was without starters uh, for the fourth consecutive game. And that's not making excuses. What that's saying is you can only control what you can control. And when it comes to the broken offense, this offense has been broken all year and actually dating back to last year. So I don't think Antonio Pierce is Jesus Christ. He's not going to walk out on water and cure people, right? You can't make Aiden O'Connell a mobile quarterback. 
you, that's one thing you can't change. Uh, as I said on last week's show, guys don't get more athletic as they age. That's just something that you have to. You, Aiden O'Connell, that's going to be a part of the knock against his game for his, for the remainder of his career, no matter what he is, a backup or a spot start or a low end start, whatever he is. And this is why I've been preaching for the past, I don't know, month that the Raiders need to upgrade and modernize their quarterback room. They don't have an athletic quarterback on the roster. They had Jimmy Garoppolo can roll out on bootlegs from time to time, but he's not a natural mover in and out of the pocket that can make throws on a run routinely. So I, I think the Raiders have an outdated quarterback room right now. You got Brian Hoyer, who's close to retirement, most likely. You got Jimmy Garoppolo, who I said you can roll out on bootlegs, but he's not the most athletic guy. And you got Aiden O'Connell, who we just talked about, who is not athletic either at his young age. So the Raiders need to go out, in my opinion, and add two quarterbacks to their room. And that's why I've been advocating for a low-cost acquisition in Justin Fields if the Bears move on from him and drafting a quarterback. And I say that because there's a possibility the Raiders may not be able to trade up. A lot of people want to trade up. Oh, they just trade up for uh, for the player that they want. You have to find a dance partner for that. It's no guarantee <laughs> that the Raiders are going to be able to trade up because let me tell you, a lot of teams are going to need a quarterback this offseason. I watched the Minnesota Vikings basically implode on Sunday night because they just don't have they didn't have a serviceable quarterback. Kirk Cousins is going to be a free agent. So that's another team that could be in the running in the mix for a quarterback. So it's not going to be as easy to just move up for one. The Raiders may have to stand pat at wherever they draft. They're 11th, I believe, right now in the draft order. They may have to stand pat at 11 or 12, wherever they're drafting, and and pick the best quarterback available. And that best quarterback available may not be ready to play right away. Yeah, and I know we, we've become spoiled with quarterbacks just playing in year one, but that's not the case with every quarterback that you're going to draft. You may need a bridge gap guy to play in 2024. Right. And and I talked about the need for the Raiders that that that. And, and again, we're going to devote our second segment to completely to this, which is the Raiders number one priority above all else is a quarterback. Now, I know you need a coach and you need to name your GM, which I can't imagine is not going to be Champ Kelly. But just say, outside of needing a coach, still a quarterback's number one. You have to get a quarterback. So, so we'll, we'll get to that. But I think that, that, that when you look at what Antonio Pierce can fix and what he's been able to fix, that is what he's been able to do. First of all, he, he galvanized the locker room. He got those guys together. They've come out. They've won some games. And look, you know, look at their record, Mo. What did we we called seven or eight wins, didn't we? So we're right about where we thought the Raiders would be. Of course, the journey to those wins has been very, very different than we anticipated, right? Uh, best laid plans, right? But but if you look at it, they're they're sort of on par where where we thought they would be. And so I look at that and I think, okay, you know, Antonio Pierce has done a fine job there. But I'm also being realistic, and you talked about it right before we got on the air, which is you saw a lot of fans on Sunday, oh, he's not the deal, forget him, Jim Harbaugh, let's go. Well, it's not that simple. Now, if Jim Harbaugh interviews for the Raiders job, hey, he does, and it's it's something that Mark Davis has to consider. We've talked and gone through that at, at nauseum here, and you have to be able to do that. At the same time, I don't think a loss against the Colts after the Chiefs win disqualifies him. I don't think that that is a prudent thing. That's an emotional reaction. And again, I'm not criticizing fans for being emotional. You're fans. You should be emotional. Got no problem with that. But 
when people tell me, I had somebody message me before the, the post-game show, uh, uh, Mo, that, well, if you're going to talk about Pierce didn't do a good job here, I'm just not going to listen because I don't want to hear negativity. Well, listen. I mean, if a quarterback goes out and throws six interceptions to no touchdowns and a team loses a game, what should you say? Oh, it's okay. He's good. He's good. It's all right. It's just a bad game. No. You, you talk about the good and the bad together because guess what? We all have strengths. We all have weaknesses. We all do great work and we all do work sometimes wish we, we could do over again. So that's not what we do here on the show with Antonio Pierce is we just talk about what's in front of us and and what's in front of him. And I think that he, he has done a good job of controlling what he can control. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. He's inexperienced. We've talked through that too. So you're going to get a mixed bag, but that's what you get with a guy who's in a head coaching role at the pro level for the first time. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast scott antonio pierce is four and four as the raiders intermediate coach he's had an up and down record now there are reasons why he took over a team that you know flawed and needed a change in the locker room but we talk about what goes on in the last game. So if the Raiders have a bad game, you're not going to say, well, it, it's all good, people. Rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> no need to worry. They, they get due criticism if they don't play well. If they play well, we talk good about them because they played well. I, don't, I think this is a very simple concept. Uh, I, I think people get caught up in you have to have this certain opinion no matter what happens. True. And that's just not reality. You have to react in real time to what's going on. If a te- Again, if a team does not play well, they deserve the criticism. If they play well, you praise them for it. And yesterday, well, not yesterday, Sunday, the Raiders, again, as I said, came out flat. And it's it was a fear that I had playing on East Coast time zone on a short week, two games back to back. I didn't expect it to look like that with the penalties. A lot of people, we're going to get into this, a lot of people criticize Antonio Pierce for the, his timeout usage and not going on it, going forward on fourth down more often than not, uh, than he did. But I, I don't think this dings Pierce, as you said, 
to the point that he's no longer a viable candidate. I still think he's a viable candidate, and he could still finish with a winning record as an interim. Mm-hmm. The Raiders do have one more game left. There are no playoff implications because the Broncos are already also eliminated from playoff contention. But Antonio Pierce can still finish 5-4 and four as the interim head coach, and I think that would bode well for him in the interview process. As do I. I mean, listen, that's especially when you get you get handed a bag of you know what and you have to make the most out of it. And it's been up and down. But then again, there are things he can't fix. There are things that he he has to do the best with what he has. And I think he's done that in most cases. But 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 then again, I, I agree with you. I think a fair criticism in the loss to India on Sunday was I thought the game management was terrible. I thought the clock management was terrible, especially towards the end of the game. It was brutal. I mean, it just is what it is. Uh, and I'm sure when Antonio Pierce looks at it, he's going to agree with that because he doesn't he doesn't hide when he makes mistakes. So, again, to your point, you, you can you can talk about the good and the bad. You have to. You have to. No team is perfect. I mean, look at the Philadelphia Eagles. They were 10 and one. Right. And, and look what's happened to them. So uh, and they have a much more filled out roster than the Raiders do. So you look at that situation, you say, OK, that's going to. But this whole coaching situation will dominate the conversation as we head into the offseason, as we get past next week's final game against Denver. Uh, and so so I think that you you have to, and to your point, and if you're fans out there, you interact with Mo all, and, and I all the time, and I love it, but but be real. Like, don't, don't say it has to be one way. You know, a lot of people, Sunday Mo telling me, if it's not Antonio Pierce because of the Schefter report about, about Mark Davis maybe wanting a big name in Vegas – a lot of people saying to me, well, they'll lose the locker room and I won't be a fan anymore. I mean, come on, folks. Let's not be hyperbolic. Let's look at the situation and see. I understand that we've talked about it a lot. I understand why people love Antonio Pierce. I get it. And he's going to have his opportunity. But but don't think that players who make millions of dollars a year are going to all want to be, they're going to march into an office like the scene in Rudy and put their jersey on the desk and say, if it's not Antonio Pierce, we're not playing for you. It's not going to happen. It wasn't the same thing said after Rich Passaccia was like, oh, <laughs> do, do we, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when there was supposed to be a mutiny if Rich Passaccia wasn't hired. I Correct. remember, I vividly remember a lot of people saying if they don't hire Rich Passaccia, these players are, are not going to want to play for Josh McDaniels. Now, turned out that over time that happened, but that wasn't the immediate, <laughs> that reasons. wasn't right. That wasn't the immediate uh, reaction to not hiring Rich Passaccia. The players were still still came in and gave their best, but it, it obviously didn't work out to the point where over a year and a half, things soured. And then the Raiders had to make a change there. So I'm not buying the whole, oh, the, the locker room is, is going to, you know, riot or have a mutiny if <laughs> Antonio Pierce is not hired as the head coach. I'm not buying that angle. One thing I wanted to point out was Antonio Pierce, after the game, basically took accountability. He said, this is the first time on my watch that we beat ourselves. Mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing for him. He basically said we beat ourselves pre-snap issues there. So he knows that the performance that the team put out against the Colts was uncharacteristic. And as a C, as a CEO type of head coach, that falls on him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but again, like I said, he's always taking responsibility. I mm-hmm. find more fans want to slough off the responsibility, but the man himself is owning it, and you got to respect that. And that's why his leadership style, his leadership quality have been so strong and have helped this team. Okay, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the offense. We're going to talk about the quarterback. The Raiders' greatest need of all is a quarterback, and we're going to talk about that through the entirety of segment two. You're listening to Mo and Scott 
This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere.